ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. All around New South Wales, high schools are heading back for Term 4, but with something slightly different going on. Morning, guys. Pouches up. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Be on your best behaviour. Katara High's the best school ever. Chuck that in. (laughs) I'm Laurie Stixon, and on this episode of Newcastle Cast, as New South Wales ban phones in all high schools, how one local hunter school has learned from stopping phone usage during school time and how it's changing things in the classroom. And with the ban coming in, like students are going to have to learn how to not use their phones anyway. My past years of school, where if I needed my phone, I had it there. You're probably listening to this episode on your phone right now, maybe even while scrolling through some other app. Smartphones are essential to modern life. It's undeniable, but it's also pretty easy to rack up hours just scrolling. If you're listening to this, there's a chance you remember life before phones. That's not the case for current school students. If you were born on the day the first iPhone came out, you're now about to go into year 11. A fact that honestly doesn't feel real. We've grown up with, in the age of technology, Phones are something that we have with us 24-7. Grace Jew-Smith is a school captain at Katara High School, along with Linus Deeming. I think it's become a real struggle not to live a usual life without having a mobile device. For essentials like communicating with friends, I think we definitely are too reliant. And especially with young people now, we are a cohort who have grown up with COVID and those key developmental social years in terms of growing and learning how to socialise with our friends, with people, we've missed that. And we've got this gap where we have not developed those socialising skills properly. But even before COVID, schools had questions about whether mobile phones belonged in schools. In 2018, the then Minister of Education in New South Wales, Rob Stokes, asked me to lead investigation into banning mobile phones in schools. Dr Michael Cargreg is a child and adolescent psychologist. What Dr Cargreg found in his research was that mobile phones in schools were leading to problems, like increased distraction in class, cyberbullying among students, less social interactions in recess and lunchtime, more students just staring into their screens. But phones were also impacting teachers as well. If you talk to teachers, what they'll tell you is they were getting progressively more and more tired from having to teach at the back of the class just to see whether or not kids had their mobile phones out um, instead of doing the work that they were supposed to. So it was a major distraction uh, to the teaching and learning process. Phone bans have been coming in in states across the country. Victoria, South Australia, Western Australia and Tasmania have banned phones in all public schools. In New South Wales, phones have been banned in primary schools since 2018 and now this high school ban that has just started. But there are certain high schools that got ahead of government policy and legislation, who looked around their schools and saw a problem. We asked the New South Wales Department of Education how many schools already had phone ban policies in place. They said they didn't track that kind of data statewide. But we found a few schools around the Hunter who had taken the plunge. 
Look, we decided to because it is a concern in schools, that it is a concern in terms of teaching and learning, one. It is a concern in terms of antisocial behaviour, two. And it is a growing concern with students not balancing their time, like there's just too much screen time. Mark Sneddon is the principal at Katara High School. We're going to focus on Katara and how they stopped phones from coming into the classroom. For Mark, it has been pretty clear for a while that phones weren't helping students to learn or helping teachers to teach. So about a year ago, they decided to take action. As, a, as an executive, we had a discussion around this, like what do we want to do? And we decided that this was the right thing to do for our students, took it to staff, the staff unanimously were supportive. And then when we reached out to parents, like every time I send it, I send so many emails to parents, I rarely get a reply. Like I, if I get three or four replies and I've got a student body of 1200, that's a lot. When I sent out the first email to say to parents, this is what we're going to do. I want some initial feedback, but you'll be a part of this process. I got like 120 to 130 emails within the first four hours and only three of them were negative. The rest were positive, saying thank you, we support it, what do you need us to do? So straight away we knew it was the right thing to do. All the adults may have been on board, but there are about 1,200 students at Katara who this policy would impact, all of whom enjoyed being on their phones at school to communicate on social media or film the latest TikTok dance at lunch. Yeah, it was definitely a shock across the whole cohort of students. I think it was a very mixed response. A lot of kids were open to the idea and a lot of kids were eager to show that they were able to go ahead with this, but there was a number of students obviously at schools like this that aren't as eager to be involved in the program. Look, initially there's a lot of shock and a little, lot of dismay, uh, concerns raised by parents as well, but we gave the opportunity for students to express those concerns so we could find answers as well as parents. And so it took us, we spent a good three to four months on getting the policy and the process right, so it reflected the needs of the community and the concerns that they had. So initially, there was a lot of concern, and it was like, how can we survive without a phone for six hours throughout uh, five days a week? That's something most adults would struggle with, let alone teenagers. So how do you change this behaviour that everyone seems to have problems with? Katara began with consultation, not only with staff and students, but also with other schools in the Hunter region that had already banned phones. There was about eight schools that started in 2023 when we did, and we worked together across the schools and we shared our resources and shared our directions and what we were doing. The phone policy generally around the state is off and away. At Katara, they use lockable pouches made by a company called Yonder. You might have seen them at concerts. They're these silver and green pouches that are made out of a rubbery, wetsuit-like material. One of the deputies at Katara, Dan Garner, showed me how they work. Yep. No, you're right. So they've got a magnetic pin on them that when you put your phone in, turn it off, obviously, and then you pin it up, and that stays in that pouch for the day. And then when kids leave in the afternoon... It unlocks just, there's uh, 13 uh, of these magnets that unlock in the afternoons. So, cool. Yeah. Yeah, nice. There's your phone back. Thank you. No <laughs> uh, Mark and I all stand at the gate and then the kids come in this way. But, and then kids, they, what happens is when buses turn up, there's usually a flow of about 30 kids at a time. If it pouches up, pouches up, and then the kids are showing us that their pouches on the way through. There were still concerns though. Parents wanted to know how they would contact their kids if their phone was locked away all day. Katara said the old fashioned way, contacting the front office. Or what if you have a justifiable reason that requires you to have your phone to help you learn? Katara said that's fine, but you'll need to demonstrate why you need it. There's also the idea that, well, sure, 
It's nice to want to ban phones in schools, but is that entirely realistic? What about when they aren't at school? Won't they just be on their phones then? There is a public pressure, particularly for mums and dads, uh, to make school a place for learning, not for mobile phone use. I think we also have to go out of our way to make sure that young people have the skills, the knowledge and the strategies to use not just mobile phones, but all technology, safe, smart and appropriate way. And that goes particularly for social media. We wanted it to be an empowering process and not a punitive process. This isn't a punishment. This is enabling students, empowering students to be released from their technology to engage in the classroom and interact with their peers. Was there anything or any way that the teachers made it easier here for you guys to transition? Yeah, so we had an assembly to explain what Yonder Program was and for a week before we implemented Yonder Program we had demonstrations every morning showing us how to use it and we got our Yonder pouches for a couple of days before we had to use them so we could look at them, sort of investigate a little bit and sort of go, oh okay, this is not too bad. And so, first day of school, 2023, students began to line up at the front gate, their phone in their pouch, to get their device locked away for the day. So there's two entrances to the school. Uh, so I have senior executive on both entrances. And so we watch every student walk through the gate and they have to have their phones in their pouch and pinned off. So they raise, have their pouches up and they show us that it's pinned off in a way. Uh, if, the, if the pouches are locked, they just go to a station, unlock the station, put their phone in and we watch them pin that off. And then they walk in the school gate. To get to that point took a lot of buy-in from teachers, parents and students. And Mark reckons you could see the impact pretty quickly. What we noticed straight away as soon as we come back to school was that the playground's a lot louder. It is a lot louder because students are actually talking and they're interacting. This isn't to say that Katara High School has become some kind of utopia, where as soon as they locked their phones away, everybody became happy and joyful. Students are still teenagers and some of them are tricky. Apparently there are students who will have a burner phone an older phone that they lock away in their pouch in the morning while their real phone is stashed in their bag. Look, at the end of the day, there are, they're, they're teenagers. There's going to be some people that are trying to buck the system. But what I would say to that is, you know, we do our spot checks and we do check, but the phones aren't out. So if a student puts a burner phone in the pouch and their real phone's in their bag, it's in their bag. They're actually not using it. So it's not disrupting the class. It's not stopping them from their engagement. It's not stopping them from being collegial and interacting with their friends in the playground. So far, the change has been relatively well received. I think it took me about a month to get used to the process. I wasn't too reliant on my phone during school times. It was really only checking messages, communicating with friends, things like that. But once, once you get past that sort of growth phase of like, oh, what's going on here? Like what's happening? And sort of figuring out how I'm going to get around those situations where I would need my phone, it was perfectly fine. Do you think you are less distracted now during, during the day? 100%, 100%. I feel like there was a stage throughout my past years of school where if I needed my phone, I had it there. But even just taking away that freedom of going in your bag and grabbing your phone has opened me up to such a different way of learning. I'm really grateful that the initiative has gone ahead. 
Now, behaviours like that front gate check-in have become part of school routine. It gives us an opportunity to see, to see every student every day as they walk in the school gates. So it's an opportunity to build rapport and have a conversation. If there's things that we need to talk about, we can. If there's other little, maybe alarm bells or signs that we think this student isn't travelling too well today, it gives us an opportunity to have that chat. Look, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence here. We don't have longitudinal qualitative data that shows student performance has improved and it's barely been nine months since implementing the policy. And there are definitely schools where maybe this policy doesn't work as well for whatever reason. Each school implementing this will have their own discretion to tailor it to their own circumstances. But what's being said on the ground matches up with studies that have been done. The lived experience of schools is that there has been an increase in academic performance and that's been shown in a couple of really good research papers as well. So look, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I think the public demand for it is there. The political will is there. My prediction is that there'll be a blanket mobile phone ban from first bell to last in all state and territory schools uh, by the end of next year. I think actually, if anything, it's reduced my personal stress. Just knowing that I can come into school, that's having my phone, notifications, those things that you can sometimes feel pressured to look at, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like I can just come into school, learn, talk to my friends, just enjoy the day and not have that extra stress. And it's definitely, like, I think it's definitely improved my wellbeing. The students aren't tied to them. And look, mobile phones are an issue within the community, within, and not just with students, but adults as well. So it's just enabling them to actually manage their time and actually have freedom from their phones. And our parents are saying to us, our, our um, students when they're at home are actually interacting more with parents and are spending less time in their room. Like they're noticing a difference away from school because they are, you know, I guess, balancing that time a lot better than what they were. Even outside of school, I feel like there's some afternoons that I need to keep my phone yonder for my own personal sake, and it's doing me a huge favour, and I think it's doing a lot of favours other, for other students, whether they see it or not. I think a lot of them don't, but a lot of them do as well. Newcastle Cast is produced on a Awabakal Country by Toby Hemmings and me, Larice Dixon. Our executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. Get in touch with us at newcastlecast at abc.net.au as long as you're not messaging in class and leave us a review on your podcast player of choice. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.